The Washington Nationals dropped the weekend series against the Pittsburgh Pirates, but there was some good to get to, and there is also some bad to get to, as our ace, Josiah Gray, gets the job done on Sunday. We're going to talk about all of that and more right after this. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my fandom and just everything that I love about this team into podcast form with the Locked On Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day for any sport, anything possible, Locked On Podcast, we've got you covered over here. And on today's show... We are going to be getting into Mackenzie Gore's start just a little bit later in the program as he is starting against Drew Smiley and the Chicago Cubs tonight. We're going to get into that game in the back half of the show. We also have a national stock report, who's been hot and who's been not so hot. I'll get into that in the second segment. But first, we have to talk about this weekend series as the Pittsburgh Pirates took two games out of the three against our Washington Nationals. And here's the thing. The Pittsburgh Pirates are a damn good team. Let's just rip the Band-Aid off. They are a very good team. And honestly, this was a series that kind of was the deciding factor. Is is this team a legit one? Are they really that good? Well, yes. I mean, pretty evidently, they dominated the Nationals in two of those games, to be quite honest. And yes, they went against Patrick Corbin and Chad Cool, two of our lower-end pitchers. We understand that, but at the end of the day, it's major leaguers. You're going to judge them for how they perform and how they hit. All those different things coming in together, the Nationals lost two of the three games against the Pirates, and in game one of the doubleheader on Sunday, Patrick Corbin went on the mound. He was what we expected him to be. He was fine, giving up a few earned runs, going five and a third, And honestly, with Patrick Corbin, is that going to be considered a quality start for his standards? Honestly, yeah. If you're telling me that he's going to be going out there, pitching five and a third, three earned runs, only a handful of strikeouts, sure, I'll take it. That's the expectations that we have for Patrick Corbin at this point. And as I talked about on Friday's show, or on Saturday's show, Patrick Corbin does perform a little better with Riley Adams behind the plate. Riley Adams did catch for him in that first game on Saturday, and the offensive production is not there for Riley, so that's why he's not going to get consistent playing time. But I'll still die on the hill that Patrick Corbin should be paired up with Riley Adams as many times as possible just because of what the stats tell us. There's a better connection between him and Adams than Kiber Ruiz. It's as simple as that. I can't explain why. No one can explain why, but that's just what it is. And you look back at 2019 with Jan Gomes. I keep on bringing this up, but it's simple. Some catchers and pitchers just have a better battery than others. It's as simple as that. There needs to be no explanation. Some of them just work better together. And that's what we saw back in 2019 with Corbin and Gomes. And that's what we're starting to see now with Riley Adams and Patrick Corbin himself. So with Patrick Corbin, 
what are the expectations? What are people expecting out of him? Because at this point in his career, we're not expecting a 3.0 ERA. Hell, we're not even expecting a 4 ERA. Anything really below a 5. That's not the expectations for him. So, he got rocked around a little bit. Guess what? Five days away from another pitching performance from his. He's probably going to get rocked around with that as well here on Thursday against the Cubs. But on Saturday as well, there was game two. The Nationals dropped that one 16 to 1. 16 to 1. You want me to say it again? 16 to 1. The one and only positive from that game was that Dominic Smith finally hit his first home run as a Washington National, and his first home run since 2021. 2021, it's almost been two years since Dominic Smith got to rope one, and that's what he did, finally, for the first time ever as a National. And honestly, it's been kind of a down slump for Dominic Smith. As we sit here and we continue to talk about how we need more extra base hits, we need more production at the plate. These singles just aren't really cutting it, especially when you're batting in the upper top of the lineup. We need more production from Dominic Smith as he has held it down over at first base playing a really solid one, in my opinion. And some people will look at the numbers and dive deeper into it. But if you just simply are watching the game, you can see that there is a much better presence over there on the defensive side of things, which is important when you have guys like Mackenzie Gore starting tonight and Josiah Gray starting yesterday. So let's forget the first two games on Saturday. Let's talk about Sunday's game where you had Josiah Gray just, again, absolutely dominate. And here's my thing with Josiah. I didn't have these expectations for him coming into this year. I truly didn't. I thought Josiah Gray was going to be a three-starter at best on this team. But now we fast forward. He's getting into it, and his numbers are just unbelievable up to this point. Last year, we know about the home run production that – he was given up to the offensive side of things. He let all Major League Baseball with 38 home runs given up. Well, right now, his home runs per nine innings is down by at least half. It is at a 1.1 home run per nine innings compared to last year where he was sitting at a 2.3 home runs per nine innings. That is way more than half in that decimal range. Now, guys, with Josiah Gray, we've talked about it. If he can cut down on the home runs, that's when you start, start to see the production and all these different things that he can do. And truly, if you take away the first two batters of the season, then Josiah Gray has only given up two home runs in five starts. He had back-to-back home runs to start the season against Matt Olson and Ronald Acuna in game two of 162 this season. And now since then, he's only given up two home runs in five starts. And that right there, or even if you include the first start, take out the first two patterns of the game, he's only given up two home runs. The production, the development, this is where the Nationals will be winning in this department in 2023. These are wins. And you're starting to see with Josiah Gray, who right now, according to baseball reference, is in the top 10 for the war category for pitchers, meaning wins above replacements, meaning he's helping this team win 
as much as any pitcher in all of baseball up to this point. And when looking at Josiah Gray, you're going deep into the numbers and what they are really saying and telling us, his strikeouts are down. His walk rate is down. So the strikeout part of it is not so great. But at the end of the day, if you're going to produce outs and if you're going to get soft contact, which he has done so far this year, and you have a solid, reputable defense behind you that's able to back you up, that's when you'll start to see the results that really matter in the development of this team. Because that point, that point of this franchise is where we will find success, is development of guys like Josiah Gray or a C.J. Abrams. Kibet Ruiz, as we're starting to see. So with Josiah Gray, what is his ceiling up to this point? What can this guy do and what can't he do? Because he's got all the pitches. He's got a you Darvish type of repertoire to where it feels like he throws 10 different pitches. Obviously, that's untrue. Throw six. But at the end of the day, Josiah Gray is stepping over our expectations for this year, and he's starting to become to what all these analytics people thought that he could be, a high strikeout guy, which we haven't even seen just yet. Someone who's going to let the ball put in play and let his defense do a lot of the work. Low walk, better command, his fastball starting to do well. All these different things that go into making a solid MLB pitcher. Josiah Gray is starting to take these steps towards that moment, towards that group to where you're talking about the game's elite pitchers analytically. And now with Josiah Gray, take him out of the conversation. You also have Mackenzie Gore. Mackenzie Gore someone who has been in the majors just since last year and now getting his crack at it with the Nationals, and he's taken full advantage of it. And so at this point in the rebuild, you're talking about two pitchers who really are taking advantage of all these opportunities coming their way, and they're not letting it blink. They're not letting it pass by them. So with this Nationals team, we talk about how we're not going to be winning too many games. But when you're talking about the development and really this whole rebuild, You have two stud pitchers right now at the top of your rotation. How long is this rebuild really going to take? That's something that you can chew on for now. It's a food for thought. But, man, it really makes you think this might not be as long as a rebuild as you think. Because looking at the Pittsburgh Pirates, if they had Mackenzie Gore and Josiah Gray back in 2019 when their rebuild really got going, how different would it be for them right now? Where would they be? So those two building blocks right now with Josiah Gray at the forefront of it is a huge development for this Nationals team. We're going to get into a national stock report as we got a lot of stock ups to give, but we also got some stock downs because some of the guys were hot and some of the guys were not. I'll tell you guys about that, but before we do that, let me tell you guys about our friends over at Bilt Bar. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want all the sugar and calories? Then you need the best tasting protein bar ever, Built. You got to try Built. If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise any taste, I've got just the thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing. You won't think they're good for you, but you got to try it. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories, and four 
grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. We got to have our protein here in the summer. We're in the thick of it right now. And guys, that's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Bilt Bars. You can put a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate bar, or coconut puffs. And if you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter puff and churro puff. Guys, as always, you can thank me later. Also, let me tell you guys about my friends over at BetterHelp. And Knocked On Nationals is sponsored by BetterHelp. And anywhere else, here's my thing with BetterHelp, is that when I talk about the pandemic, it was a low time for everybody. So at times, you're going to need to talk to someone and talk to other people about how you feel. And it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else is doing nowadays that where this person is doing a little better than I am, this person, that, all these different things, better help is something to where it will help you out just like it has for a lot of us. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnMLB today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-B dot com slash locked on MLB to get started. And now we get into a national stock report as we always start off with the good. And that is a stock up for Mr. Kiber Ruiz as over his last five games this past week since Monday against the Mets. Kiba Ruiz has been slugging the hell out of the ball as right now he's got a 350 batting average, a 458 OBP with a 500 slugging that is good for a 958 OPS through the last five games. And you're starting to see these wheels turn for him as we haven't seen in the past. Kiba Ruiz is a power guy. He just hasn't been able to develop it at the major league level. So as we continue to see the development of the catcher, of the franchise catcher, which is what I call him, we're starting to see what he can do at the plate and help not only defensively, but offensively as he's starting to see the development within the staff and how they trust Kiber and how he calls the game. That stuff is all important, but you know I like to look at the offensive side of things, and Kiber Ruiz has been that positive guy. Obviously, we need him to be. We need a lot of production from Kiber Ruiz. There's a lot of different things that could add up with him. But at the end of the day, it's a stock up for him for actually starting to see the slugging numbers go up. You're starting to see the on-base numbers go up. And most importantly, he's hitting a little home runs here and there. Two so far in the season. Still, I want to see more from Kiber Ruiz. Stock report up again for Joey Manessis. As this last week, a four-hit game absolutely did help crunch his numbers up, but he had a 407 batting average, a 429 on base percentage, and a 407 slugging in the last six games. So there were a lot of singles, a lot of singles in this thing. But if you're going to stockpile a 400 batting average, I'm going to take that. I'll take that any day of the week if you're going to be hitting at a 40% clip. And that is what Joey Manessis did last week. His power is what is going to carry him throughout the major leagues. We understand that. But again, let me reiterate. If you're going to get a single in 40% of your at-bats, fine. I'll take that. 
it's not sustainable. No one's going to be asking to have Joey Manessa's bat 400 the rest of the season. But when you do that, you're starting to see a little more offensive production. And getting on base will always help in that department when you need to have run production, which the Nationals haven't done so far in 2023. But Joey Manessas, I need to see a little more slugging. I need to see a little more extra base hits. And most importantly, I need to see some more home runs from the 32-year-old rookie. Not really rookie anymore. But Joey Manessas, stock up. Now, stock down for Mr. Hobie Harris. And honestly, this hurts. I kind of like Hobie Harris. I like the production and some of the things that he has been able to do so far this season. But man, oh man, when you give up a huge chunk of change out of the bullpen in that 16-1 loss, it did not look good for Hobie Harris as, honestly, it's not like we have crazy expectations for him. But when you go two innings, give up five earned runs, you give up six hits, two walks, and only two strikeouts, and a home run, and your ERA is now at a 7-3-6 you're going to get a stock down from your boy. It's as simple as that. You can't get rocked around the way that you did. You can't come out of there and just get absolutely blown up, especially when you have someone like Jordan Weems who comes in from AAA, closes the the door, goes an inning and a third, giving up only one hit and one walk and no earned runs. Then you have Hobie Harris who is well-rested, and you give up six hits, in five earned runs, including a grand slam. That is not good from Mr. Hobie Harris. But at the end of the day, do we really blame him for it? Because what are the expectations for him in this team moving forward? But we got another stock down to give, and that is to Davey Martinez slash the front office, Mike Rizzo, whoever you want to blame, because they did not call up one of the Nationals' better pit pitching prospects, Matt Cronin. We DFA'd Anthony Banda if you haven't realized that yet. The ultimate right decision. This guy hasn't been right and I don't know how long. He hasn't even been very good in I don't know how long. But with Anthony Banda, he was our only left-handed arm in the bullpen. So now over the, over the weekend, the Nationals went without a lefty in the bullpen coming in with Jordan Weems, who does And we also called up Andres Machado, who we've seen it before. He has decent numbers against left-handed hitters, so I guess that's their thinking behind it. But you have a top prospect with Matt Cronin. Matt Cronin hasn't pitched in now over a week since last Sunday. What is the problem? Is there a problem with him? Is there an injury concern? I don't really know. We haven't really heard too much about it. That's up to the team and AAA Rochester to disclose what's going on with that. We just simply haven't heard. So, Davey Martinez and Mike Rizzo decided to roll without a left-handed arm, and I'm not here for it, especially when you have a guy who is ready down in the minor leagues, a top prospect, someone to where who can get outs for you. He is a strikeout guy coming from that southpaw. I want to see a left-handed arm in the bullpen. And honestly, that's not too much to ask for, for fans, for players, and honestly, just playing for matchups. Matt Cronin is someone who should be in the major leagues already. He just hasn't been able to get that opportunity up to this point. So I want to see Matt Cronin, or at least a lefty of some sort, make the jump into the major leagues to replace 
Banda because you have Jose Freire and you have Matt Cronin, both guys being top 30 prospects in the organization, both guys who have been ultra productive throughout their career, especially Matt Cronin. He's done it year in and year out, and he's only improved up to this point. So what is the point of not bringing up Matt Cronin to be that left-handed reliever? You obviously value a left-handed reliever to have someone like Anthony Banda. So what's the point of bringing in Andres Machado? We've seen it from him. We understand what we get. But at this point, it's now Matt Cronin time. It's May. You're about to get in the thick of things. You're really not going to have one lefty arm in that bullpen? I guess so. And obviously, one last stock report up for Josiah Gray. I don't need to say too much about him. We don't have all the di- all the time in the world for this show, but Josiah Gray, I talked about him in that first segment, everything and more. That is what Josiah Gray has done. So before we get into previewing tonight's game against the Chicago Cubs and Cody Bellinger, who has been red hot, I got to tell you guys about my friend's over from eBay Motors. And here's my thing with eBay Motors. All right. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right the first time around just add your ride to my garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money comes back because just like in sports confidence is the name of the game when you shop on ebay motors and with over 122 million parts to choose from you'll be back in the game in no time after all it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit in the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to us customers and eligible items only exclusions always do apply and now we get into previewing Josiah Gray or not Josiah Gray Mackenzie Gore start tonight against Drew Smiley and the Chicago Cubs and obviously Mackenzie Gore I've talked about him a ton on this said program and he's been living up to the hype so far through five starts he's got a three era flat through 27 innings pitch he's got 35 strikeouts and what we saw from Mackenzie Gore just his last start was a little bit more command which we haven't seen so far from him we've only seen him give up two walks twice this season so far that was his second start when he went six innings in Colorado gave up two walks in his last start against the Mets. Other than that, his three starts had four-plus walks each in them. And if you were to cut down on those walks, and if you were to start honing in on what he does best, which is striking out guys and getting guys to swing and miss, that is when you'll start to see even a better version of Mackenzie Gore. But if we even just saw this portion of the season and this was Mackenzie Gore, this is a perfectly fine starter. So tonight, against a good Chicago Cubs team, I do kind of expect a win again with Mackenzie Gore. And I think we're at that point with guys like this. You're starting to expect wins. And Mackenzie Gore and when Josiah Gray are on the mound, you expect them to simply win. 
I'll take my chances with those two guys on the mound against a lot of other teams and a lot of other pitchers, especially considering the fact when they're this young and they're this developed at this early of an age. But at the end of the day, we are going to have to see it. And so Mackenzie Gore has faced a few of these Cubs, like former Washington Nationals catcher Jan Gomes, who was one for two with him and only two at-bats. Same thing with Ian Hat. Now Nico Horner, their second baseman, is 0 for 2 against Mackenzie Gore. That's not bad. At the end of the day, we want to see Mackenzie Gore take the next step. So most importantly, get the win, feel comfortable, and get out of this without an injury. But beyond that, looking at the walks and the command and the command of his breaking balls and all these other pitches that he throws that actually can help us. Because at the end of the day, Mackenzie Gore is a very solid pitcher. We just need to see him cut down on these walks because that is what has been killing him up to this point. And if he did cut down on these walks, where would his ERA be? Because his walk rate is in the upper echelon of Major League Baseball up to this point. But you see in those two starts to where he didn't walk more than four batters. That is probably when he found his most success. Back when he only walked two in Coors Field, he gave up two earned runs. And then back last week when he only gave up two walks, only gave up one earned run. And the other starts, his first start, he only gave up one earned run. And the others, he gave up two earned in three and a th- three and two thirds. So you want to see McKenzie Gore go deeper into games, get deeper into the lineup as he continues to develop because his pitch count also rises walking all these guys. So as soon as he settles down and gets command and takes command, Washington commanders shout out. If he takes command of these games, that is when you'll start to see a much improved version of Mackenzie Gore. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. And again, tomorrow, we're going to talk about Mackenzie Gore's start. We're going to go in-depth into what he did good and what he did bad. I'll talk to you guys on the flip side tomorrow. Since then, have a good